This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. Hi, I'm Judith. And I'm Melina. We are internet friends turned real life friends who both experienced the tragic loss of our sons to sudden infant death syndrome in winter of 2021. In the year after Aiden died, my husband and I both became unemployed, my parents divorced, and we had to move five times for various reasons. And as for me, just a few weeks before my son Quinn died, my then husband had come out to me as a transgender woman and were subsequently divorcing. It's been a lot. (laughs) It's been a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But as long as we're living, we will love our sons deeply and work to make sure that we live a life that makes them proud. Welcome to As Long As I'm Living podcast. We're so glad you're here. Well, I... Well, I really appreciate you doing this. Welcome to the podcast, Julia. You are the first friend that we're recording. I feel I feel like you've shared with me. Well, not I feel. You've shared with me that you're nervous. I've never been on a podcast before, and it feels so permanent. Like, what if I say something really dumb? It's recorded. It's in And We can edit anything out. And if uh-huh. you feel really anxious about it, Alina will send you the link before. And if you oh, want no, to remove it. Well, well, I'll tell you after. If I think it's... <laughs> because you um told me that it's all things i already know i didn't really like prepare but i think it's things i know What what year? How many years have we known each other? What year did we? Meet I, I feel like we've known each other for since 2010, 12 years. But there was a gap in friendship. There was a gap in our friendship. Oh, drama! No, yeah, not drama. <laughs> <laughs> but then, Julie, I moved in. I moved to St. Louis in 2016. So, like, oh no, okay. Hi, my name is Julia. I am Judith's best friend, if I may say so myself. <laughs> I hope not, none of her other friends say that. And take I think it would be sweet if they all said that. <laughs> um, I'm putting that out there on the podcast for everyone to know. I actually met Judith about 12 years ago, which is crazy to say we've done anything 12 years ago. Um, but she and I uh, were um, spending the year in Israel together around the same uh, program in between high school and college. Um, so we met that year, but we we were friendly, all good, no hard feelings. I really did like you. I liked you, but we just ran in different circles a little bit. I know, I know. We we like liked each other from afar, and we have we have like little interactions that we can remember that we did together, but we weren't like friends, friends. Yeah. Um, but then about six years after that. Um, we both ended up in the middle of nowhere, St. Louis, Missouri, because both of our husbands dragged us there for their schooling. Um, and so I feel like because of the situation, we were both alone. We both were lonely and needed friendship and love. (laughs) We found each other and, um, connected and, um, when was that? That was, I mean, that was the rest is history. The rest is history. I'll tell you more. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it would be helpful to start with just saying, like, first of all, I think we should both answer this question. It's not like okay. all of you, but like,
So I think first let's describe to everyone what our relationship looked like when like when we were best friends living in St. Louis, everything was easy, life was good. Okay. Good question. Free question. You told me you'd ask this once. I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I also I'll chip like I'll pop in, like we could do it together. Okay, perfect. Um, okay, I feel like when Judith and I found each other about six years ago, we were both in a place where we had kind of been dragged to this middle of nowhere city, um, you know, because because our husbands were starting school there and it was very hard. Um, You know, we were both scared to be moving to a new place and we were um, worried what friendships were going to be like, if we were going to have friends, just all that. Um, And I actually lived in St. Louis for a year before Judith came and it was hard. Um, and then I feel like once Judith came, it's so cool. Like, I feel like there are, it's very rare, but there are these friendships in your life where like, right when you connect with each other, you just click. And I feel like that is very rare in adult friendships. Um, but that's something that happened with Judith and I, where we found each other and we just clicked right away over a lot of similar feelings of like being in St. Louis, being alone, just kind of being scared and, and looking for for friendship and love. Um, But then also um, the adventurous side, like we loved doing fun, weird things. And we we started a photography business and neither of us were photographers. Yes. And and, (laughs) but we just like did it. Or one time we took like a sick day on Friday and we drove three hours away to like this random lake. And like we just spent the day at the lake and played hooky and we danced in the car and we ate ice cream on the side of the road. And like that was very normal. And like hours, like we hours and Sundays we would do like arts, art projects. Like like, there's an art project. And I feel like people looked at us and they're like, wow, like we want to join in. Like we're always doing something fun. (laughs) True. But we also had no responsibilities. (laughs) And everybody else we knew had kids and like everyone else we knew had a lot of responsibilities. And Julia and I had nothing to do but spend time together in a different city. We really make most of it. And I'll also add that I think that you and I have a lot in common in terms of like our career ambitions. And I think we were really supportive of one another to like encourage each other when it came to like negotiating or like like just making like strategic moves. Like Julia became a manager. This <laughs> <laughs> is my biggest advocate. Yeah, I agree. And I would say along those lines, something else um, about our friendship is it, it wasn't only the fun and adventure. I feel yeah. like we were able to have real conversations and yeah. I really feel like we, we like made each other better people. Like I a hundred percent agree. <laughs> we like talk about like how to improve on ourselves, how to be better yeah. at this, how to approach this. Like that was very cool that we, we have that balance of the fun, not really yes. thinking about anything too serious. And then also feeling like when I was around her, like I was becoming a better version of myself. I agree. I don't think that I've met anyone in that way that felt kind of like a soulmate of a friend in the way that like we just felt like the same person excuse you i'm so sorry no alina you are a wonderful wonderful friend (laughs) but i felt like with julia it just like we were the same person you and i alina are not the same person julia and i have very similar personalities you know yeah but at least from my end this is like so mushy but it's true like I feel like I always want to be more like you in so many ways. Like there were so many qualities that I learned from you. So I also like- wanted to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I would have gotten married to each other if we both were 
they're not married. I used to, like, my husband went away for an entire summer, and I would sleep at Julia's house. <laughs> for, like, as an adult. We'd have, like, adult sleepovers. <laughs> not with her husband, but, like, in the guest room. <laughs> so I definitely, I just felt like, another thing to add, because I think this is an important part of, like, the whole arc of the story, is that I felt like we were in the same place in life at the exact same time. We both yeah. were newly married. We had no responsibilities. Both our husbands were so busy in school. We had nothing to do but spend time together. I felt like we had similar goals in our career. We had similar things that we like similar interests. We went into like this pottery class. Like we were really into like doing things. This whole pottery series. <laughs> I just felt like we were very similar in terms of like everything that was going on in our lives. And then I'll say, okay, so let's just talk for a little bit about, like, having kids. Because I remember, like, one of the things that I said earlier is that neither of us had kids. But, like, part of our friendship was that we weren't ready for kids. And we, and everyone else had these kids. And I actually got pregnant. Like, I got pregnant. And I don't even think I had told you that we were trying even. Like, I don't really know that part. But I didn't, I was afraid to tell her that I was pregnant because I was afraid that, She'd be like, oh, another married one with babies. Like, she's not going to be my friend anymore, not going to be available. So I feel like definitely when I came and I told you that I was pregnant with Aiden, you were just like, that wasn't your reaction at all. Like, you were so no, happy I, for me. I can picture the moment so clearly. Okay, so yeah. it was COVID, and Judith and I were both now working from home, and it was so new to the whole world. And we decided, this is so funny because I haven't done this since, that we would do these online workout classes together for this. <laughs> And so we would FaceTime. It was like a whole situation. We'd have our phones FaceTiming and then our computers. I feel like we were like Zooming, share screen. Yeah, but like, yeah, and we would watch the same Zumba YouTube video and we would <laughs> FaceTime. So we were like dancing together and the Zumba person. Yeah. It was like a whole thing. So it was what, I feel like it was one of those times. Like I'm picturing being there in that situation <laughs> with my computer, with my phone. And then for sure there was like some, some internet connection mess up. And so then we were on the phone um and then you at one point you just like blurted it out like you were like weird weird not sure and then all of a sudden you're like julia i'm pregnant (laughs) (laughs) um and i and i don't know maybe you said it or maybe it was just obvious that like you were so nervous to tell me and i knew of course i knew like all of the reasons why you were nervous to tell me because we would always make fun of people who are obsessed with our kids (laughs) we're so boring and only wanted to talk about diapers all the time but like you said, and I'm so glad that you can uh, say that you felt this from my reaction. I was genuinely so happy, like to have your your best friend pregnant. It's so exciting to go through it together. And I also knew, like, I wasn't that far off from it. Like, it was yeah. probably the next year or something. So, yeah. Like, and we weren't in the same city anymore at this point. So it's not like practically, right. you know, it really. But I think changed. that's also an important part of the story to tell. Like Julia and I were nervous about our friendship when you moved to a different city, but right after you moved, like, for a year, it wasn't weird at all. Like, I, I spoke to you all the time. Like, all the time. Not not every day all the time, but, like, you know, I don't know, once a week. I spoke to you yeah. once a week. And we would just talk, like, normal. Everything was so normal, even though you were It was normal. And, and Judith's a really good friend in the sense that she puts in effort of calling her friends. I feel like I have very Alina many knows. people. Yes, she does. <laughs> She's the only friend that I call. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so I was like so refreshing and I feel like because of that she still was putting in all that effort to make sure she she called and because of that I feel like things weren't that different right they weren't 
So then I got pregnant, and then we moved to LA. And then when I was pregnant with Aiden, when I when Aiden was first born, I remember talking to you regularly, and I would tell you, I was like, Julia, you're gonna love being a mom because you're so busy, and you love being busy, and you're always like multitasking, and you love multitasking. So I was like, this is gonna be a good fit for you. I have a good feeling. And you had told me that you were thinking of starting to try. So yeah, and Judith was teaching me how to get pregnant. I was like, what do you do? Like, how do you know? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I told her the app, and I was like telling her yeah. how to like thing, and I was like, this is what you're gonna do. I was telling, I was giving her the whole lecture of how to get pregnant. Yeah. And so I knew that you were thinking about getting pregnant. And I knew you were like, I think I remember right when Aiden died, like around March, like you were like, should I go to Africa and postpone it for a few weeks, like for a few months? Or should we start right now? Like there was this whole debate about Africa. And then she did not go to Africa. I did not go to Africa. (laughs) If I took the malaria pills, there was a possible side effect of permanent psychosis. I didn't want to do that. So So it was bad timing. So then, okay, so let's just get to the meat of it, which is that was our relationship before. So then um first of all how, who told you that Aiden died did I call you and tell you no okay so I, I I wanted to say this actually um so this is interesting you probably don't even remember this um but so we had so Judith at the time I feel like she was getting it was like getting close to the end of maternity leave um and she wasn't so happy at her job and at the time she was on the phone that week, we were thinking about like what she could do and she was being really proactive and she was finding people that she could reach out to, send emails to. Um, and I had said that I would help her like edit an email that she was sending out to a bunch of people to try to um, find a job. And so we actually set a date for us to do that um, on the day that um, Aiden died. Um, and so we had this, we had it on our, our calendars. It was, it was set, I remember on my Google calendar, um, to do that evening. Was it a Thursday? Yeah, it was a Thursday. It was a Thursday. And so I was, I was working from home and I was, um, at the dining room table working. Um, and I still had a few more patients that I was seeing that day. And I got a call from a phone number in LA. Um, and it didn't seem like such a spammy phone number. And I was like, oh, LA, like I know LA. And so I picked up and it was um, Judith's friend, Ahuva, who if she comes on the podcast is going to claim she's her best friend. <laughs> she's not coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it was her friend, Ahuva. And she says, hi, Julia, it's Ahuva. And I was so confused. I mean, I knew who she was, but I was like, why would she be calling me? Um, and she said, I have some really sad news to tell you, Judith's baby, Aiden, died. And my, I remember, it's never in my life actually happened to me where I've had um, like an emotion that was so physical on my body. That was, that like, that was the only time I really ever experienced this where I remember I was sitting in my chair, in my chair and like the whole room was spinning. Like I was like, like so dizzy and and I like confused and I you know I kept being like what wait what what do you mean like I didn't really get it um and then and I was just very dizzy um and I I like went to sit on the couch and then what's so crazy is I called Judith which maybe is not the thing you're supposed to do I have no idea and Judith picked up (laughs) of course she did (laughs) and she was obviously in shock and I was obviously in shock. 
And like we had a conversation, which is the craziest part. Judith, do you remember that conversation? I remember her calling and yeah. I remember her, I, I vaguely remember saying like, this is horrible. Like I just remember we back, like how did, like I vaguely, I remember you called in the late afternoon and I, I, I vaguely remember it just being like, what? I, back and forth. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't understand. I, and then I was like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like I was very confused. And then I don't remember who said, I, I don't know if I said, are you coming? Or if you said, I'm coming. But somehow I knew that you were coming. Yeah. So then, Julia, what's your recollection of that phone call? Because I'm sure you remember it a little bit better. Literally, I remember where I was standing, but I don't remember anything else. Yeah. Um, I think we were both crying. But, but like, to me, it's, like, weird and funny that, like, we were able to, like, talk, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like once it kind of sunk in more, like, we weren't able to just, like, talk. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. But at that time, it was so new that you were like telling me. I was like, I feel like I was like, wait, wait, what? Like, what happened? You know, and, yeah. and we're crying, but you were also kind of like telling me everything that happened. Yeah. Um, and I remember you, you describing everything and you were saying that there's so many people in the house and the detectives had to come and the rabbi is there and it's just crazy. Just like you were telling me all of the details. And um, yeah, I, I, and then I, I feel like there was a lot going on. So then you had to go. And I don't remember at all, actually, at the time, or I don't know, maybe I said, should I come? But, and you can for sure speak to this, because I feel like this is something that happens a lot with someone going through something difficult, where I wanted to come because I wanted to be there for you. But I didn't know, do you want me to come? Is it more stressful or less stressful if I come? And, but, and so I was like asking you, but obviously you were not in the place where you wanted to be the one to have to make any decisions at that moment. Yeah. So like you weren't really answering. And then I was thinking like, well, I want to book the ticket now. Cause like, I'm going to leave tomorrow. So then, so then I was like texting your mom and like, no one would give me an answer. And I don't know what a better thing to do. Maybe it would have been better just to not say anything and just say I'm coming. And you, you tell me <laughs> what, what you were thinking. I, you know, I can't, I wasn't thinking, I, I, don't remember thinking anything like I remember like grateful when you showed up at my door I, rem I remember when you came in I was talking to someone else and then you came through the back door and I just remember being happy to see you but I don't know I don't recall yeah. any of this like yeah. like this entire bit where you're like should I come should I not come I, yeah. I don't remember this at all and I can imagine many of my friends were kind of wondering what to do one thing that was really interesting was how many of my friends started turning to each other. Like there was a whole group, yeah, we had a, of people, whole, a whole WhatsApp group, a whole WhatsApp group of people who, from all different walks of my life, I think that they were turning to each other, being like, "What should we do?" Because no one in my family was giving guidance. That must have been really confusing. Like, where were you going to stay? What were you going to do? Who was going to pick you up from the airport? Like, I don't know what friends are supposed to do when they fly in. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I remember I was like on the plane and I had no idea where I was going to stay or what I was going to do. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like kind of freaking out, but I was like, okay, something's bound to work out. Like when I land and Judith's mom got it all together. When I landed, I texted her and Little she, Marlene. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Marlene. Listen to her interview. I'll link it in the description. <laughs> But she, I mean, somehow she was able to think of logistics. Were you, were you afraid? Yeah, I was really, I, I was like in a way like dreading seeing you. Yeah. Um, I also was specifically not invited to the funeral. I don't know if you remember this. I don't mm -hmm. remember if you said it or if your mom said it, but one of you guys said, 
I think it was your mom. I think I like, I kept texting her be like, okay, I'm just booking a flight. Okay. Tell me if this is a terrible idea and whatever. She didn't say yes, but she didn't say it was a terrible idea. Um, so I, I booked a flight, but she specifically said, she's like, the funeral is on Tuesday. So why don't you leave before that? There was a limit because it was COVID of how many people we could have at the funeral. Were you at the funeral? So, okay. So then, so, so my <laughs> flight was booked for, I think, I think I, so I think I ended up coming Sunday and my flight was booked Monday night to go home. And then when I was there, you said to me, um, you're like, stay, you'll stay for the funeral, right? And I wanted, like, once I was there, I wanted to stay for the funeral, but I didn't want to stay because I thought you didn't want me to stay for the funeral. But then when you said that, I changed my ticket. You changed your ticket? Yeah, but it was COVID, so it was free. So don't be so impressed. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many of these, like, little details that when you're the person going through the loss, like, you have absolutely no idea of at all. But I did know that you would be scared to see me. I know. I'll tell you how I knew. Okay, first of all, Julia is the best executor in the entire planet. You give her a task, it will be done tomorrow, you know? But I also know that sometimes, like, these conversations about, like, feelings are, like, anxiety-producing for you. And, like, I knew that it could be uncomfortable for you because this is not an area where you're like, oh, I love, you know, like, I feel comfortable talking about the hard I things I mean, even everyone. somebody who's good with feelings is not typically good no with feeling. No one's you know? dreading it. But I knew that for Julia, she'd be scared. And also, I think so many things about our relationship were happy and positive. Yeah. Like, we didn't have a lot of, like, hard things that we went through. Yeah. These small things, but not, like, huge, massive traumas. And so I think we just never had been through it before. Exactly. And when you came... Obviously, we gave her tasks, and she did an amazing job. She she made this album of all of the pictures for Aiden, and she helped me find, like, volunteer opportunities, which is, like, what I wanted at that time. And Oh, yeah. And then we went – I remember we went for a walk um, on the beach, I guess, in the morning. We went for a walk yeah. on the beach. And I actually want to ask about that because – okay, I want to ask about what your thoughts were about that walk. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll, I'll kind of take one step back. And, um, so I was really scared, um, because I've, I've never been in a situation like this before. I had no idea how I was possibly going to support you. Um, I, I was scared I would do it all wrong. I was scared that I wouldn't know how to react. Um, would I, was I going to be showing that I was sad enough? Was I going to be too sad that I'm taking too much attention? Um, even just like practically, I was like, what do, like, what do I do all day? Right. Like I was like coming to this, you know, the city yeah. where thankfully I ended up borrowing someone's car. So I was like independent, but I like, I was like, okay, do I like sit near Judith all day? Do I like sit in the house or do I go do my own thing? You know, just uh, all of those questions. Um, but I actually felt like, uh, coming to LA right after Aiden died, you, you for sure tell me if this is right. I felt like there was like so much shock that it wasn't as sad, I guess, as like I expected. And I don't mean that at all in a, like a bad way. What I, I would say is that the harder part, I think the part we're going to get to about our friendship yeah. was much harder after, in the months yeah. after. The actual like immediate aftermath like was, e- it felt to me like it was easier. You knew like, even though you didn't know what to do, there were things to do. Yes. And I also remember, as you're talking about, like, the shock and stuff, like, I remember just cool as a cucumber saying things like, 
oh, well, yes, my son died. So, um, yes, well, that's not going to work for me because I have a dead kid. And, like, it would be, it was, like, 18 hours old. Like, it had just happened. And there was just, like, this, like, all the logistics of, oh, well, like, I had to, I, like, had an appointment to donate my breast milk. And I, like, had a whole medical thing. I said, well, he died on this day. And she was, like, he died yesterday? (laughs) I was, like, yes. Yeah. Because you're just, like, in shock. So you're just, and you're just doing the task. So I can see how you might head into the situation thinking it's going to be very emotionally fraught and then be surprised to find that actually it's really rather not. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say it also, well, two things to say. Okay. Number one, I would say not only was it not sad, I mean, no, that's a terrible thing to say. It was very sad, but not only was it like doable, like we were making, we were figuring out, we were doing it, we're making it work. It also, I felt like was like really beautiful in the way that like, I feel like I was able to like really be there crying with you, hugging you, loving you, talking about things. Um, And I felt like the fact that we were able to like walk on the beach and talk. And I mean, it's crazy now looking back because I'm sure this wasn't like real life. This was shock. But like, I remember talking about like, like what we were going to do, you know, like, how are, how are you going to do life now? Like, right. Like, I feel like we were... I remember there was one point where I was laughing and then I was crying. Yes. That's what I remember the most that I was laughing and then you gave me a hug and I was sobbing. Yeah. I remember that on the beach and, and to, um, to your point about, um, the, the story with the, with the breast milk and everything, Judith, do you remember we were at your house? (laughs) You probably don't remember this. And a man knocks on the door. I think he was like trying to sell solar panels. (laughs) Do you remember this? He knocks on the door like right before or after the funeral. And he's like, like, hi, would you like to buy solar panels? You're like, no, I do not want to buy solar panels. My son just died. And he like shut the door. So I, think I do remember that very distinctly. <laughs> and also, I'll say there was a lot of family around. And, like, my family loves you. So you were hanging out with my aunt. You were hanging out with my mom. Like, I remember you were hanging out with a lot of people. Yeah. Like, there, like I remember, like, I don't feel like there were tons of times where it was just you and me staring at each other. Like, there was a lot going on. Yeah. 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 And I know that you were, like, really, like, having, like, chit chat with people on the whatsapp group like people would ask i know they were asking like how is she i don't know what they were asking yeah there were all these people on on the whatsapp group that the meal trains there was like a bunch of like stuff that you were negotiating yeah it's so interesting because i never thought of it like this judith but you're totally right that i feel like this moment i was like i was in my element because i was able to plan exactly what you said like i was creating the meal train i was doing the book i was doing like all these tasks I felt like I was doing a really good job at like being a friend, all the tasks. You were, you were doing an amazing job and it was so suited to your skills because at that point there was stuff to do, but then you went home. Exactly. And I feel like that's, is there anything else you want to talk about that immediate aftermath that like stands out from you? You were at the funeral, right? Yeah. I know you were at the funeral. Let's think. I mean, I, I, in a weird way, like I, I, I feel like, I, I feel like I came home after the trip feeling like it was hard. It was horribly sad, but it was good. Like, I feel right, like you felt good. good about the work yeah. that you were able to do with being a friend. So then let's talk about the aftermath. First of all, Julia, does it feel weird to talk about? Like, I feel like we've never spoken about this. Um, How are you feeling about talking about it? 
No, I feel like right now I'm in a good talking mood. I think it helps that we're on Zoom. I feel like face to face is a little more awkward for some reason. Yeah. Um, but I, if no, I feel good about it, and I feel like it's good because if not for this podcast, we would never just like sit down and be like, okay, let's, let's just like talk about how. And how I think what happened, I was when I was talking to Alina about like who I thought we should interview. I feel like our relationship is like nuanced. It's a complicated, you know, it's not like we never spoke again. Like you are still my best friend in the entire world, but things changed. Right. So sure. I feel like a lot for a lot of people who've experienced loss, it's like the same. It's like, it's like there are these friends that like you would never, ever, ever, ever want to do anything except be their best friend, but something is fundamentally changed, you know? Yeah. And it's hard to, so I think it's like, uh, I think it's like good for other people to hear because I'm sure other people also have been. So, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about what happened after. Okay. So you went home. So I went home and I feel like um, then, okay, I remember very clearly I had in my head, like, it probably feels like everybody is so sad right now and giving her so much love and attention right now, but this is going to fade and that's probably going to be the hardest part. I remember like really thinking this very clearly and saying to myself, like, I want to make sure that I'm continuing to check in on her. But... I don't feel like in the end that was as easy as I thought it was going to be. I feel like over the months at that point, it got less and less um, because I think, I think first of all, like I didn't know what to say. You know, I, I maybe the first few days was just sending love, checking in. And then like how many versions of that can you say? Like, I just felt like I didn't know what to do. Um, it was really hard for me because it was clear that she was hurting so much. And then, and, and me feeling like I wasn't doing the thing that she needed. And then I remember also at one point she called me and said, like, I, I feel like basically like I need something that I'm not getting from you right now. Um, and, and she felt like, um, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't being there for the, for her in the way that she needed. Um, and that was so hard for me because I felt like I'm, I'm trying, but I don't know what to do. And now I'm failing at it. Um, and, and, and at one point, I don't know if you remember this, Judith, but you came to visit, um, Boston. And I remember you said, you're like, there's no, there's no manual. Like nobody teaches you what to do when your son dies and how to act. Um, and you're like, I'm just making it up. And I remember at the time thinking like, just like there's no manual for the person going through grief, there's also no manual for the friends. And I, I felt like it's so hard for me too. obviously not at all, at all, at all compared to what you were going through, but just in the sense of like, I also felt like I was lost. Like I just didn't know what to be doing. And I was, whatever I was trying wasn't right. And let's add in like another complicated nuance to the whole situation, which was that you were trying to get pregnant at that point. Yes. I was going to say, we got to get into that too. Yeah. That is, you yeah, were trying to get was. pregnant at that point. And you got pregnant, I guess, in April, like March, April. like the month he died, like the month after. It was like right, 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 right after. It was like right. right away. I mean, not right away. I don't, within the context of your life, not right away, but right away after. I mean, it was, but it was right away okay. in terms of like, <laughs> it was right away in terms of Aiden's death. Like Aiden died, and I think that you told me you were pregnant like eight weeks later. So, okay, I remember when I came to LA, one of the very first things you said to me because you knew we were trying to get pregnant is you're like, wait, Julie, are you pregnant? And I was like, oh my gosh, no, no, no. And I was like so thankful that I wasn't pregnant at that time 
Um, but then that also put in my head, like, shoot, like, what do I do when the answer is yes? You know, when I do have to tell her that I'm pregnant. Um, and so I, and also because you were my best friend, like before Aiden died, you would have been the person I told literally the day I peed on a stick. Um, and then, and then when it happened, I think you're right. It was a month later. Um, I was like freaking out because I didn't know what I possibly was going to do in terms of telling you. Um, and so for, so for, to me, it felt like a long time because I probably didn't tell you for like maybe 10 weeks or so. Um, because for me, I would have literally told you day one. Um, but it was all so new and I knew that I shouldn't tell you. And I was just freaking out because I had no idea how I was going to tell you. And I, I talked to so many people trying to get advice on how I should approach the situation. Okay. So then what happened? Um, okay. So then so for me during this time, it felt like whenever I would call or whenever you would call me, I felt like I would make such an effort to like talk like a normal human being. And it was so hard for me because I felt like I just felt like I had to be normal. Like I felt like I was like, I just felt like I, I didn't know how to be like, like a sad version of myself with you because that's not what our friendship was like. And I didn't know how you would react to that. So it just felt like whenever I called you, like it was like my, I was working, I was working so hard to try and sound normal. Like I, I imagine it as if like, if I was like a gay person trying to be straight, like that's kind of how it felt. Like I kind of felt like I was trying to fit in with this old version of myself in this relationship that to me felt like it only had been positive and we'd never been through something like this. Not that I'd been through something like this with anyone, but it just kind of felt like I didn't, you didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to do. And I, I just feel like for those eight or 10 weeks before you told me that you were pregnant, right? We were both trying, but like, for some reason I would hang up the phone with you and I would just feel so hurt and sad, not because you did anything, but because I could tell that your life was so good. Like your life was normal. And my, it was like such a stark contrast to me and where I was talking to you was like such a reminder of everything that I had lost and nothing to do with you and what you said. It was more to do with like the person I was when I spent time with you. It was a stark reminder. Talking to Julia was a stark reminder of how much you had changed and how much your exactly. life had changed. Exactly. Yeah. Like Julia would have Julia was living a normal life. Like right. she went to work. She was worried about this promotion. Or she was thinking about going to Africa. And like right. I was trying to get out of the bed. Like I was like spending my days watching pigs acclimate, which is like another story for another time. I like to me it just felt like and then when you were pregnant, it was like, oh, my God, she's entering, like, this most joyous time. Yeah. And here is someone who our entire lives, we'd have been kind of, not entire, entire friendship, we'd been, like, in the same place doing the same thing. And then all of a sudden, one of us got this amazing fortune and one of us got this really shitty fortune. And every mm-hmm. time I spent time with you, it was a reminder of how shitty my life was. And so it was nothing that you did or what you said. It just right. was what it was. Um, right. And then I came to Boston and I wanted to see you. Well, so before before Boston, just right before, I feel like, I feel like, so between when Aiden died and when I told you I was pregnant, we were trying to make it work, even though it yeah. felt like we both Like it wasn't working. working. <laughs> but we were still like pretending. We're still trying. We were very much so pretending. I think pretending is a good word. I think we were both pretending things were normal and both of us probably hung up and being like, ah, ah, that didn't yes. feel normal. <laughs> Something but is wrong. I do feel like, once I told you I was pregnant, it was silent. It was silent. Silence for months. For months. months. 
Yeah, it was silent for months. Yeah, silence. And then, and I remember wanting to give you space because clearly I was a trigger, like like everything you're describing, 100%. I, I can't even imagine how hard that was. And so I wanted to like give you space, but then I would, every day I was having this debate, but me giving her space, maybe that's not showing that I actually want to be there for her and I want to stay friends. So we just didn't talk for months. For and months. I, I, and that was very out of character. I don't think we'd ever gone months without speaking. But then one day you decided to text me again. So what made you decide to do that? Every day I was like having this fight in my brain of what to do every day. And I was talking about it all the time. Um, your poor husband. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just want to add something about your husband. You know, it's so weird. Like there are some people that for some reason, I just felt like they under like they just seem to understand in a way like they just had like your husband was one of those few people that I just really felt how much he cared in a wow. unique way. I don't know why it was. But I just first of all, like every time he would text me, like I, I, it's almost like I felt him crying. Like I don't know what he said, but I could tell how much it impacted him. Wow. And he like continuously yeah. tried to like he he would just like text me and my husband on the important days. And I know that it was just you reminding him, but like it was just like we he, we he and I don't text, so it was like he was one of the few people that I think were not in my immediate orbit that said like, hey, I know that you and I ever talk but like I'm thinking about Aiden too and it was like very surprising and it, it meant a lot to me that he that he sent the message I never knew yeah. that it, yeah it makes me think about how I I felt like as a, a friend especially when we weren't talking I felt like you felt that I wasn't as sad as I, I should be like that you know um like I'm living life having the best time everything's perfect um that you felt that of me um, when in reality, I think, um, first of all, of course, it doesn't compare even the slightest bit, but I was also really grieving. I was sobbing. I remember we, I couldn't go out to Shabbos meals because I, I would say to Ari, I was like, I, I can't, like, I don't know how to not cry and it's embarrassing. Um, but I couldn't tell you that. Were you course. like grieving because of the loss of our friendship or because of Aiden? Because of Aiden. Like it was like. It was the most shocking, sad thing that has has ever happened to me. I mean, b before Aiden died, the only people I knew who died were were grandparents. You know, yeah. um, like and now you were pregnant with a baby boy yourself. I was pregnant myself, and then also this obviously doesn't compare at all. But also, I I was very sick um, in the beginning of pregnancy, yeah. and I had no one to complain about it to <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't obviously bring this up. Like in the scheme of things, this was the yeah. least deal. Um, but like, you know, it, it was hard to be pregnant for the first time and not be able to talk about it with you and not be yeah. able to complain and not be able like to. Like missing our friendship. Yeah, in that way too. So I, I think the few, it was sad that you didn't know that I was grieving um, and that, that you maybe thought that I was just living this happy, perfect life. And, and so in that way, grieving Aiden and then also grieving our friendship and the way that I was going through such a huge thing in my life and I felt like I just didn't know, like I didn't have my best friend yeah. that we envisioned going through this with, you know. I know as a, as the griever, I really feel like I am a different person now than I was before. And so I can yeah. imagine that the person, people who love me sometimes are thinking to themselves like, oh, I lost Alina. Because like that person, she's not coming back. She's gone. Yeah. So like the Judith you knew before, she still has those inherent wonderful qualities, but she's also just like not the same. 
So you're yeah. missing that person too, especially in the early days when you don't have the chance to rebuild. To me, it would make a lot of sense if you said, yeah, I feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great question. Um, I think in the, in the months of like not talking and when things were weird, I definitely felt like that. Um, I, you know, that like, like we'll never get back to just, just being our, our normal friends, you know, that we were before again, like that'll never happen. So that I felt that very much then, um, I would say, and, and I want to hear your thoughts too. Now I don't feel that way. Um, I feel like in the last six months or so, um, Judith and I have been able to kind of like figure out our friendship a little bit more and, and figure out how, how it's going to work moving yeah. forward. Um, I feel like um, some of the way, well, okay, I sort of think of like how right after Aiden's death, like Judith's whole brain was Aiden, of course, right? Yeah. Her whole entire brain was Aiden. And so there's no room for friendship. Like there's no way, you know, for me to start talking about like all my silly things going on in my life when her entire brain is grief. Um, and I feel like now where we're at right now, a huge part of her brain is grief, but there has been like a little part of her brain that has kind of made, made room for some of these other things in her life that make her happy, that make her feel good. Yeah. And I, I hope that with time, the two can kind of overlap where Aiden stays that big part of your brain, but those things that make you happy can kind of be on top of that too. Yeah. You know? I, I definitely agree. I, I think there's a few things I, I, I want to make sure that we get to because yeah. I think there's a few things that led to that, but I want to just talk about the happy house that I know Alina wants me to talk mm. about. Mm -hmm. When I came to your house that week when I went to Boston, <clears throat> it was hard for me. Because you and Ari were so happy, even though I know that you were trying to be like normal people and not so happy. Like, I remember Ari would come over and like touch your stomach. And it was so intensely painful because just my house was so sad and your house was so happy. Like, I don't even think you realized. And at that time, you were also trying to get pregnant, Judith, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was trying to get pregnant. And it just was like your house, Julia, I don't even think you know is like such a happy house like you like you have all these plants everywhere and like like just like your husband comes home and you guys like make dinner or like you like made out this like cute little dinner for us and then like you were telling me about your new home and how you have deer in your backyard sometimes or like and this is the pond where we swim or whatever <laughs> like you like lived this like idyllic life with like this beautiful little home and this baby that was on their way and like I felt like your house was so happy like that time when I came it was so painful for me and I was so like I almost want to say like I was jealous you know I don't often feel jealous but I was so jealous of the life that you lived because it was a life that I had that I like I actually like ubered to Alina's house during that time when I was there because I needed to just feel like I wasn't the only person who was feeling like who was sad yeah. in the world. And so like, I remember sneaking out to Lena's house and just like, I was only, I was only there for like a little bit of time. And then I, I Ubered you were back. there for like an hour and a half. And the thing is I was working. Like, I did not interact with you at all. The house was empty. <laughs> no, you were with Kaylee. I hung out with Kaylee and I watched the Olympics, but I was just, I just wanted to, I just felt so alone in that moment because yeah. I was like, oh, my God, like even the, like everyone else is moving on, having a happy life. And like I am alone in this like horrible, horrible sadness. Right. 
and I will never have a happy house and I will be forever distant. Like, I was also sad about our friendship. I was sad about our friendship. I was sad that this was my life. I was sad that, like, I was jealous. I was angry. Like, you were pregnant. And it was just like, I felt, I, I don't think, I was never angry at you. You didn't, but I was, like, angry that I didn't get that too, right. you know? It's just right. like, I didn't understand why you got what you got and I had what I had. For and sure. to me, they were such stark contrasts going from like my sad house to your happy house. Like it was so much for me. It was almost too much for me. And I also felt like you were trying so hard and I could like see that. I yeah. know how hard it, I knew that you were trying so hard. I knew and I, it was still not good. Like it was not good. And we were both trying maximum effort. And that just made me so sad. It made right. me sad for me, for you, for us. Like I just at that moment, I was like, how are everything's going to like, how is anything ever going to be normal again? You know? You're right. going to go off and have this happy life and I'm going to be stuck in my sad house forever. How, I mean, did you feel that on that trip too? Like we were both trying so hard, but like somehow totally. we missed it. <laughs> um, I would say the best example of me trying so hard is you gave me explicit instructions not to make too many plans. Remember this? Because normally Judith and I, like if we have a weekend together, we are booked solid. Like from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. We have like plan after plan after plan. Yeah. And it, it, it took all my might <laughs> not, to not, and, and, and I remember like, I was like, okay, we can just like hang out in Sharon. That's the town that I live in. You know, we can just walk to Lake if you want, we don't even have to, like I was trying so hard and it was clearly so my nature. Um, I would say the other thing that I think about from that time when you came, um, is I feel like, um, and I never want to feel like I'm speaking for you. So please correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like probably one of the things that comes with grief is like, that is your whole life. Like that becomes the most yeah. really important thing, yeah. you know, going on for you. And so, so that makes all these other things that are happening in life so unimportant. Yeah. And, and, and because of that, it was, it was very hard for me. I remember, um, I remember you you saying something like, um, like, yeah, jobs don't matter. Like, Julia, your job doesn't matter. And like, you said it so in passing. I'm like, I don't even know if you remember that. But, like, to this day, like, that sticks in my head. It's like, what? Wait, what? My job matters. Like, what do you mean? You know? Um, but like, in the scheme of things, like, like going to work and like being at a computer and typing away, like, it's so silly when you're thinking of like your loved ones dying. You know? And I so, know, but you know what's so interesting, Julia? Yeah. I never thought about that from the other person's perspective like what if this is something you really care about and here's someone telling you like it's so stupid <laughs> you know like what are you going to talk about we sat there over breakfast we probably had nothing to talk about because yeah. there was nothing that you could say and there was nothing that I like everything I was talking about was like grief and sadness and what were you going to say and then you were like what am I going to talk about I can't talk about my work I can't talk about my pregnancy I can't talk about my plans like what am I going to talk about you're probably sitting there in front of me being like what are we supposed to say I think this is a good time to acknowledge that, like, we talk a lot about on this podcast about how those su grief supporters hurt the grievers. There are plenty of times the griever is hurting everybody around them, too. And, like, I think we can all recognize that it happens. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. The griever's doing the best they can. But it's not just one-way hurt, you know? Like, yeah. Okay, you know something fun else funny? I don't know if you'll find it funny. But that I think about, you, before you had come to my house... And you talked about this on your podcast. You had told me the whole story about 
um, being in your sister's house and then getting upset and throwing cake all over the walls. Yeah. And I was like, shoot, like, I don't want her to throw cake all over my walls. You know, like, I was like nervous <laughs> that I was just going to have walls of cake. And so, like, I made sure not to buy any cake or like have anything out of it. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect, you know, it was so, and I feel like just Judith was kind of like going through this transformation in the way she viewed the world, which made total sense. And that made it so hard to connect. So hard. But I, okay. So then, okay. So that, let's just say that that was a hard weekend, but I applaud our effort because we both tried. And then, like, after that, I feel like nothing really happened in our friendship for a while. Like, things just kind of, like, kept going at this, like, weird pace. But then, okay, so then you were going to have your baby. And Julia called me. Julia, do you want to tell you what happened next when you called me about this baby? First of all, you you tell me what you and your husband kind of were thinking when you made this decision. Yeah. Um... So I don't I don't remember exactly at what point it happened, but what we knew we were having we knew we were going to be having a boy, um, and like like we said before, I got pregnant right after Aiden died. It felt very close to us. It felt very connected, and when we started thinking about names, I mean, it was like both of us thought it was an obvious choice that we wanted to do something to name our baby after Aiden, um, and and. I guess it was coming from a place of this being such a significant um, part of our lives, which I don't know if you realized, Judith, that like. I definitely did not realize. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, this is like I was describing before, like, you know, I'd only had had grandparents who were 90 years old died. Like this was such a big deal. Like this wasn't just something that happened. It's sad. And then we're going to go on with our lives. Like this was always going to be a part of our lives because you're my best friend. Um, and it felt very meaningful to us. I think when we were thinking about names for the baby, like being named after old people who died, like people do it, you go through the motions. Like, I don't even know who I'm named after. I have to ask my mom and remind myself every so often. Like, it just doesn't feel that meaningful. And this was something that just felt so big and meaningful in our lives at the time. We didn't know how Judith and her husband would react. And I remember being very nervous to call you because I was so scared you would say no because we had gotten this in our heads. Like, this is something we were going to do. And like, we didn't have any other options of names. And we didn't, you know, like, like if you said no, I would have been devastated. <laughs> obviously, what to choice, but like, I'm very nervous what happens if you say no. Um, so, um, so I call, I mean, I called Judith, feel free to chime in, but I called Judith and I explained what we were thinking. And I asked if that's something that she'd be okay with. Um, and she started crying. And so at first I freaked out because I thought she hated it (laughs) and she was so upset and that's why she was crying. And then she, you know, she said, she's like, well, actually the first thing you said, if you remember, you're like, why would you want to do that? Or, or like, are you sure? Like, why would you want to do that? that. Are you sure why would you do that? Yeah. Yes. And Judith, one of the other qualities that makes me want to be around Judith and, and, you know, want to call her my best friend is she challenges me. (laughs) She is not someone who just accepts things. You know, she, she asks hard questions and she really wants to like dig deeper. Um, and I thought that that was a really good example that she said, like, why, like, what, (laughs) instead of just being like, wow, that's beautiful. Explain, you know, why. (laughs) That is is so Judith. (laughs) (laughs) We all the reasons and I'll make a decision. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I think part of the reason why I said that is because so many other people in my life who I thought would be interested in doing it were like, it's bad luck to name your baby after a baby who had died. And yeah. so I was thinking, like, are you like, what if something happens? Like, are you going to think it's because you named your baby after Aiden that like mm-hmm. somehow my bad luck got transferred onto you? Like, are you going to be regretting that you decided to do this like I think for me I was just afraid that you would be afraid and that that scared me like I didn't want you to hate me for passing on my bad juju right and people said that to me too I I talked to a few friends about it or family about it and they said the same thing aren't you not supposed to do that in Judaism to to name after someone who died young and like I didn't care like I I could not care less about whoever is making up these rules you know like (laughs) me I think in the end of the day like this was the most meaningful thing to us. Like I wasn't going to go looking for the text that tells me if I am or not allowed to do the thing that felt like it was going to be more meaningful than anything else in the world. Yeah. And so I just, I didn't care. To me, that was like the greatest feeling in the entire world. When Julia said like, I don't care. She was like, I, I didn't, that didn't even occur to me. Like, I don't care about that. And to me, that meant so much because I felt like I just felt, okay, here's what I think it is. I think when you lose a child, all, and we've said this so many times in the podcast, all you want is to cement your child's place in this world. Like you just want to know that they are somehow, they matter and that they like occupy space. And I think I feel such a burden. I know Lena feels responsibility also to like continue their name somehow to have them have a presence in this world somehow. And when you came to me and asked if you could name your son for Aiden, to me, what I felt you say was like, I want to help share this responsibility with you. Like, you're not holding this alone. I'm going to carry a piece for it. And Aiden's name will always live on. And his memory will always live on. Because as long as my child lives, Aiden's going to be having, a, like, a way to live, too. And when your child, you know, dies in a million different years, like, a hundred billion years old, his grandchildren are going to name him, you know, after him. And Aiden's name will have a way to, like, continue okay. on in this world. And it just felt to me like the most generous and thoughtful thing that anyone could do. And I think in the moment it was it was painful, like the bris was painful. And sometimes I think to myself, like, why does her son live and not mine? Yeah. But I think in the big scheme of it, I'm just so grateful. And I think when you did that to me, it meant it just meant so much that I felt like for the first time in a long time, I was able to feel like you were in it with me and like you weren't just living your happily ever after life. And I was like stuck in my sad spot forever. Like, I felt like, like, you took it seriously. Like, it just felt like you got it. Like, you understood how horrible everything was. And then when my daughter had her, when she had her, like, naming ceremony, Julia flew out for the day, and they got to meet, and I got to meet her son. And so, and your son shares Aiden's middle name, right? Yeah. I just want to clarify that his yeah. name is not exactly Aiden's name. So it's not Aiden's name, middle. but they have the same middle name. We felt like be too much yeah to me um but you know julie i don't know if you know this but like the name that you chose was the other name we were gonna do like it was either gonna be aiden noah i don't know if you want me to say your son's name there's like a like it said like i wrote in there like oh i know where it is hold on i'll show you okay your screen is so blurry we won't be okay wait it says names okay and like for boy names, like Emmett Noah was the other name that we what? were considering. Yeah, I don't think I ever told you like the names we were considering at this point it doesn't even matter. But like um, Emmett, 
Mia, but which we chose. And then like JJ or Jack. It was, but in the end, it was either Aiden Noah or Emmett Noah for my grandma. Wow, Judith, I didn't know. I don't think you ever knew that because we never discussed that ever. But like to me, it was like we could have gone with that way. And then what would have happened, you know? Sometimes I think about that because I love the name Emmett. But um, sometimes I think about that. And then I think to myself, like, everything works out exactly the way it was supposed to be. Aiden was supposed to be Aiden and Emmett was supposed to be Emmett. And I don't, I don't, I don't look at Emmett and think like, why isn't that Aiden? I just look at Emmett and I'm just like, I think it's the nicest thing that anyone could ever want to name their kid after my kid. You know, like I don't, I see him as his own person. And I feel like, um, yeah, I see him as his own person. And like, if anything, like I just kind of feel sad that I wasn't there. Like I'm not there for so much of it. Like I'm sad that I still have a hard time like talking to you about like, I don't know, whatever mom stuff people talk about because I don't feel like a normal mom. So I feel like I'm afraid to talk to you about like normal mom things sometimes. But like I also in the same thing, like just in the other hand, I feel so sad that I'm missing out on like so many little bits and pieces of Emmett's life. Like I don't want you to think that I don't know or I don't care. Like I'm sad I missed his pregnancy. Like I'm sad I don't know. I don't know anything. Like I think when you had him, I was like around for that first two weeks and then I disappeared again. And like I... It makes me sad. I like I wish that I could be there for more of it. And all I can say is like I hope that with time, maybe I wasn't there for the first year, but like maybe I could be there for the next 99 years, you know? Like that's all I can say. Like I, you know, I feel I feel like I lost out also in getting to know him because I haven't really been there. And I'm sorry. And you never have to apologize for one second and hope No, I know, but it's hard. I feel like it's hard. I think it's hard and it sucks because now we're kind of like our kids are five months apart or four months, the four months apart. And like normally, you know, I would be talking to someone who had a baby. Like if my best friend in the entire world had a baby four months from mine, like we'd be talking all the time about things. But I don't really go to you and you don't really come to me. And it's sad. It's like another loss. Like it's sad. Maybe. Yeah. Do you feel sad about that, too? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like you're right. Like I wouldn't just ask you little questions about parenting. I would just find someone else to ask because I don't want to keep bringing it up (laughs) to you. Um, I think the other, just back to the name, like one of the other things that I think is really special about it is no, it kind of makes me think about like, no matter how awkward things get between us or how hard of a time we're having, like we're, we're always going to be connected you and I, because our sons share a name and that is like super comforting to me. Um, and I just wanted to add that in that, you know, for those months of silence when it was like, Oh my gosh, am I ever going to be friends with her again? It's like, like now I know, like I, no matter what you want, Judith, like I forced you into this. <laughs> your son's name. So you're not going anywhere. <laughs> to all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at as long as I'm living podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at as long as I'm living podcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grieving brains allow. Yay.